Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Hustle and Grind podcast. I'm still Jason. I'm still with Ryan, and we have another guest. We got Mike Jones on the show, Jones 2.0. We're going to go through another round with him because we had so much fun last time. What's going on, guys? Thanks, thanks for having me back, guys. How y'all doing? What's up? What's going on? You must not have got enough uh, angry hate mail from the last one. No, only good things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't get any bad messages on that episode. Yeah, I don't really we're get bad messages. talk about trainees this time, though. I mean, transgender individuals. Oh, did we do that last time? Oh, we did. We did. Yeah, we yeah we did, because that swimmer thing was going on. But we're not going to bring that up this time. Yeah. So, moving on. <laughs> well, what's been going on, guys? I've been fucking around in the shop. I got a surprise, like, monstrous silver maple burl dropped off in my driveway this morning. So that's pretty cool. And it's especially cool because I've been driving past it every single day since we bought this house. Like, when you turn off my street onto the main road when I go to work, there was a huge maple tree right on that corner with a ginormous burl about 20 feet up it. And every day I'm like, man, I want to cut that son of a bitch. (laughs) And I ended up with it, so that's cool. Was it on someone's property that you know? Yeah, my um, my neighbor that dug out my backyard. Okay, he does tree, he does groundwork, tree work. He's one of them dudes that doesn't like hiring people, so he'll just go out and buy the piece of equipment and do it himself. So he's got like an excavator with a grapple on it, so he can just grab a tree, cut it down, set it where he wants it. Um, anything you can think of. He's probably got two million dollars worth of equipment next to my house. Oh, nice. And, that's, a good, that's a good neighbor and, to have. Yeah, he's a wicked cool guy. And I was driving by, and they had half the tree down, and I recognized this truck, and I called him, and I was like, hey, you you the one cutting that tree? And he's like, yep. It's like, what are you doing with that burl? He was giving it to you? It's like, awesome. Hell, yeah. That chunk of wood's probably 700 pounds, and so I'm guessing that that burl's at least 250. Yeah, so, it's kind of tough to tell in the picture how big that is but it didn't look small nah. no it's big it's big where the two because it's like the y of the tree and the two y pieces are 14 inch diameter oh, oh damn so so the main butt's like 26 inches across save a slab of that for a throwing axe target oh yeah that's a good idea there you go yeah because you're gonna have some leftover before you get into the burrow mm-hmm. some waste Yep, for sure. So you got to how, – how's the process go for, for like, drying that out and getting it ready? Obviously, it's going to have to be stabilized, but, like, I've been doing it's going to take a while, right? I'm, I'm super impatient, so I don't want to wait five years to use the wood. You know what I right. mean? So I've been doing a lot of research. Some guys, like, paint them with latex paint and leave them, like, out under a tarp. Some guys put it – like, send them off to a kiln – some guys put them in their oven for like a week. Yeah, yeah. I've, never, I've heard of guys even like taking small pieces and microwaving them. But yeah, I mean, the faster you do it, the more risk of it checking and stuff. Mm-hmm. For sure. And warping <laughs> and then you lose more material. But I'll probably end up giving a bunch of it away as usual. So are you yeah, going to my address? Yeah, yeah you got... I get, you'll get some for sure. You got mine too. Yeah, that's right. So are you going to, like, get your cactus juice back out and do it yourself, or are you going to send it off, like K&G stuff? No, I'll, do, I'll try and do it myself. Cool. I, I invested in all that shit 
so I can't just keep failing at it. I have to figure out what I'm doing wrong and make it work, you know what I mean? I've got the pot running right now because I had some colored stuff left over. And uh, it's supposedly past the expiration date after it's mixed. But I put some, like, junk, not very nice figured pieces in there. You know, just plain Jane shit. I threw that in there to see what happens. So, I've from what I've been pretty, told, I... Pretty good. Sorry, I've always had pretty good success with maple on, in the cactus juice. Yeah. It was the cherry that really wouldn't penetrate, that cherry burl that I've got. But, I don't know. From everybody I've talked to, I wasn't doing it long enough. I was going 24 under vacuum and then 48 soak and then bake. And, uh, like, the guy that I've been buying off of says he does at minimum seven day under vacuum and two weeks soak. Damn. Wow. <laughs> which, I, which I thought was a long time, but I mean, we'll find out. Dude, back when I was first getting started, I went to my very first blade show and obviously didn't know a whole lot. I bought some bird's eye maple scales for like three bucks. They were close to the same, but they weren't a book match set and they were unstabilized. So I brought them home and I got like a mason jar and filled it up with that uh, Minwax wood hardener and then got the the hand pump, like a brake bleeder, and put them in that and did that for like three days straight. It kind of, well, it didn't stabilize them by any means, but it did kind of beef them up a little bit and gave them a shine once they were buffed out. That, But that was a bullshit knife. That knife's actually still in my shop just as a ugly shop knife. But... There's, yeah, there's lots of stories of doing things the way the wrong way from when I was starting. <laughs> yeah. <sure. laughs> you do a lot of stabilizing, right, Mike? I do a little bit. Um, I definitely don't mind supporting the guys who are doing it kind of professionally because they know what they're doing. They're set up properly for it. But it's nice to have a setup in your shop in case somebody gives you a chunk of something or maybe you just like need something next week like right now needs mm-hmm. to get done so it's it's good to be able to just do a little bit yourself and i've got um i got a source for a couple of cool pieces of wood some yellow cedar and stuff like that that comes through and i've had pretty good success stabilizing that with the cactus juice so yeah it's nice to be able to just do that stuff in-house and not have to it's one less thing to have to rely on somebody else for mike sent me some of that wood you got to keep that a secret that stuff is like that's beautiful that, cedar, that yellow that, cedar, oh my god! There's some crazy figure that comes. Like, there's some that's like real bird's eye, like it's got a lot of those little dots in it, and um, like speckled. And then there's other stuff that's like flame. It's it's crazy, bro. I've never seen a figure like that before in the wood. It's it literally you look at it and it looks like there's flames like rolling through the wood. It's it's pretty really cool stuff. Um, it's it's kind of, it's kind of rare, unfortunately, to find a chunk like that in these stacks of these slabs I've got. But once you do, it's yeah, those things are beauty. If I find some more of that, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've always that heard newest... you can't stabilize cedar because of it's too soft or too sappy or something. Is that just not true? I definitely let it dry out real good, but I've never had a big issue trying to stabilize it. It works pretty it good. Definitely felt stabilized. You know how, like, really good stabilized wood, you can feel the difference on the grinder. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, that yellow cedar gums up (laughs) sandpaper real good, I find. Mm, It stinks. Yeah, it smells like weed. (laughs) (laughs) That's no biggie. 
So, yeah, that latest batch you had had like purples and reds and all kinds of different like I, almost like uh, spalting, but it wasn't spalting. Those pictures you sent me. Yeah, there was some different stuff in there that was kind of cool. It, yeah, it's just weird colors. Usually, it's just red and then a nice dark brown contrasting green but yeah there were some really crazy colors in those ones that's the kind of stuff that like you you throw it on a handle and you get to finishing it and sanding it and oil it and go where's the color go (laughs) yeah stuff never never comes through in the end but no that's super good stuff to work with i love maple maple's probably my favorite wood to work with um, yeah, maple's great. There's some some amazing figure you can find in maple too, and it's super hard that stuff. Yeah, cherry burl. I mean, I've got a bunch of cherry burl, and the finished product is awesome. It makes like a nice, super smooth surface because it's so dense, but it burns super easy on the grinder. Yeah, it's like that uh, African blackwood and stuff like that. It's so hard and dense that yeah, you can. It's tricky to get away. Like you really got to, you got to use fresh belts and nice fast speed, and then fresh sandpaper when you're finishing them. And but I'll at least see, I got- do. I do brand new belt and low low speed, and just okay. kind of chew, kind of chew it away. Yeah, That's I started okay. doing that with my micarta, and then switched it over to the wood. Okay, because the micarta, like that vintage stuff I've got, it burns like that, like super fast. Yeah, maybe I'll try slower speeds with that micarta too, because I find that that's definitely I get a lot of burning going on with that stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> it wears off the belt so fast that stuff. I turn it right down to almost crawling. Like my, I have a K back, so it's ten, twenty, thirty, forty. You know, for the speed, and I go twenty at the most, mm-hmm. and just kind of chew it away. It's like a, almost like a rasp, just grind yeah. away. Yeah, uh, that's a good idea. I'll try that the next time I got a micarta handle. I'm doing. Yeah, stuff burns super quick. Yeah. It stinks, too. Yeah, but, I mean, nothing like G10, though. Like, I find that uh, if I'm emptying out, like, a dust bucket or whatever, and there's one handle worth of G10 amongst, like, 40, 50 handles of everything else, that's the one material I can smell out of all of it is that that crazy synthetic G10 shit coming through. It's something about it. Yeah, that G10 that I got from you, that jadish colored stuff, that yeah. has a very unique scent to it. It's like, like you can smell it through the respirator. You're like, ooh, yeah, something's ooh, burning. Be smelling that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's. Uh, I got a box of this stuff from this guy who works in uh, some in- industrial place where they use that stuff for like actual industry, what it's actually meant for. And so it was a just a bunch of totally random different different kinds of things that he sent me and um that was in there it was marked as g10 but i don't know that other stuff marked as g11 which i guess is slightly different and um all kinds of different weirdo things in there some of them are terrible really really g11 has like a weird name too hold on i'm gonna google it he he had some stuff labeled as like balonic or something with the ph yeah, Philonic, that's uh, the resin that my card is made out of. Okay. And he had this stuff that was like Bondo board or something. It was really, like, chalky. Like, uh, he, the way he explained it was basically it was just Bondo <laughs> with a, like, pressed into boards and glued together or something like that. It was, um, I didn't trust it, so I took a chunk 
sanded it kind of rough and left it soaking in water overnight to see if it would fall apart or whatever but it actually held up really good but i don't i don't know if i want to put it on a handle <laughs> yeah gnarly. there's a lot of weird like i want to use fordite but grinding paint kind of i'm kind of like apprehensive about grinding paint and breathing that shit in and like i wear a respirator but it, it doesn't filter out everything yeah and no. we're not supposed to have beards really wearing one of those things yeah i have to like cinch mine up super tight G11 is called Garolite. G-A-R-O-L-I-T-E. Garolite. Okay. I haven't heard that word before. No. I knew it was named something funny, but yeah, I Googled it. You'll Google. I don't know where Jason went. So you had an archery thing going on today? Yeah. There was, um, I've been getting into archery a little bit in the last three or four months and, uh, been super fun and today there's a local the local club was holding like a, a target event there's all these different events you can do like they got 3d tournaments which are super cool because it's a bunch of 3d targets like the foam ones that look like actual animals and stuff mm-hmm. so they put them like all around the forest and you walk through the woods and come across like different targets and you got to shoot them from a stake from a certain distance and everything and some of the shots are like across a ravine or super uphill or through some light bushes or whatever. And it's really fun. Um, it's like, it's kind of like going golf and you just go with a couple of buddies and you keep score and you talk shit and it's pretty fun and challenge each other and stuff. So I really like those, but today they had like a, just a target event where everyone just stands at a line, like a lot more traditional. What you think about with archery, you all just stand in a line and you got a bunch of targets down range and you shoot a bunch of arrows at them and, see how you do and so oh, today nice. was um 72 arrows at i was shooting at 50 meters so you depending on what bow you're shooting with is a uh, different distance and different size target and so for the compound i was shooting it was 50 meters at an 80 centimeter target so that's like 54 55 yards and i mean the the 10 spots probably four three probably three inch circle for that's pretty good points so that's 150 feet yeah yeah so it's a good it's a good distance and uh so yeah it was fun just getting out there and happen to know a couple of the guys that were there so it was fun to shoot with those guys and we're just making jokes the whole time and stuff and because it can definitely get pretty nerdy there's <laughs> a bunch of target dorks there with like three thousand dollar bows and <laughs> all the gizmos and stuff on them and trying oh, real damn. hard and we we're just out there with like our little hunting bows talking shit and having fun making jokes and stuff so it was a good time i'd never nice. done one like that one of those before so it was cool to go and try it out nice so what do you want to do with this uh collaboration knife we got going on yeah we're doing a what do you would you make there it's like a chef knife or something they're doing yeah so she's a little big yeah, it's looking nice. Don't I got a bunch of Sharpie marks on it because I mark where I need to clean up okay. towards the end. Oh, like, see this side, this side's way closer. But yeah, I'm probably about eighty percent of the way there. So nice. She's a big one. I don't have my tape measure on me, but I think it's a ten inch blade. It's like thirteen overall inches, something like that. Fourteen. It's big. I like the big chef knives. I don't know why. But it's all AEBL stainless. I put a hollow in the back, but I didn't run the hollow all the way up to the spine. So it's kind of like a 
Like, it's like an S grind almost then. Yeah, kind of. You got the flat on the back and then the hollow and then the flat grind on the bevel. Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah. Probably wrap so. it in some hockey tape or something. All good. <laughs> Put a paper uh, handle on it. That or mammoth tooth, one or the other. Or both. I could just mammoth tooth and then wrap the mammoth tooth in hockey tape. That would be good too. Hockey tape. <laughs> Talking to a Canuck up here. <laughs> we have hockey here. They probably don't have it where Jason's at, but Jason's mic's not working, so he's just in here uh, hanging out. Oh, okay. It's just an observer. <clears throat> yeah. You can do sign language to us. Here, let me try and mute you and you unmute. Oh, I can't mute you. I can only mute me because you're on the board. Never mind. Oh, okay. Cool. He's like a ghost. It's fine. So what do you want to do with it? I'm going to f- finish it up, put my logo on it, send it off to you to do the handle. Yeah, I'll do some car, some sort of handle. I haven't even, uh, I, have, I haven't really even thought about what kind of material to do for it or something. I'll get it here and see what looks cool on it. Maybe a couple of different things, and and uh, we'll raffle it off or something. Raffle it off, donate the money to something good. Put it all on red. Something put it like all that. on red. Yeah, we'll split it and go play blackjack. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Dana yeah, White um, makes a lot of money off blackjack. Who's that? Dana White, the president of the UFC. He's yeah, notorious. I heard he's, I heard he's real good. Yeah, he got kicked out of the Palms Casino because he won too much money. That's when you know you're doing real well, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> they don't let you play anymore. <laughs> you walk in with ten grand and walk out with two million. Damn. Yeah. It'd be nice to be that good at something like that. That good at yeah. something that lucrative. Right, that you could just like, ah, I'm going to go to work tonight. And you head to the casino. And you fucking yeah, win my, your money for the year. I don't think my brother's ever lost. He's been there a few times, and he's, I mean, he doesn't gamble big, but I don't think he's ever lost money, which is a, that's pretty good. I'd go, I'd go with that. <laughs> yeah. I got a buddy and his dad, it's just in their jeans. Like he was up, we have a casino here, and he was up 38 grand one year at the casino just playing wow. slot machines. And like, my buddy, he'll fucking, he'll buy a $5 scratch ticket, win 200 bucks every time. Hmm. Oh. I guess, I wonder if, uh, so down there, did you get taxed on that then? Like when you're walking out the door? Uh, not for small amounts. If you win, like, I think it's like over a thousand bucks. Or no, it's six hundred bucks is the most you can cash out locally, and then you have to drive down to the state, and the state cuts you a check. And then at the time that they cut you the check, they ask you want taxes taken out now, or do you want to pay them later? And obviously, if you're smart, you say now, and yeah, you right, lose yeah. you lose thirty percent of it right off the top. And yeah, that's what yeah. I always heard about like game shows and stuff. Like even if. You look at those guys on Jeopardy, and you won thirty-eight million or thirty-eight or whatever it is. Those guys win, and then it's like, oh, by the way, the IRS is waiting for you in the wings to take yeah. a chunk of that or something. And they're waiting for the you at the door. Yeah. No. Yeah. Here it's like you get taxed on everything: the money you make, the money you spend. If you, oh, Jason. Hello. Hello. Oh shit! Oh shit! I'm back. <laughs> oh, don't stop touching it. Yeah. You keep, yeah, <laughs> leave it alone. <laughs> All right. Back in business. 
This thing is <laughs> barely hanging on, but I got it over here. But yeah, they tax the shit right out of you. And uh, like, I had a friend who won like a hundred and hundred grand, something like that, on a scratch off, and he only walked away with seventy. You know, sixty-five. Uh, I guess they're kind of like, just banking on you being happy or winning anything at all. Yeah, and it's like, but for people who are broke asses or paycheck to paycheck, if they win, like let's say you win a car, you have to pay the taxes on that car. Oh, so right, because you, you're not getting handed a bunch of cash; you're getting handed yeah. debt. <laughs> yeah, so if you win a fifty, sixty thousand dollar car, you owe the excise tax the sales tax on the value of the car. So, Fuck. yeah. So like if it was me, if I won, like, let's say they're always giving away like uh, Ford Raptors and shit like that. If I won one of those, I'd sell it immediately. How much is the cash? Cause I'm not going to have seven grand sitting around to pay all the taxes on it. The registration on a new truck to drive it legally on the road here, like a brand new truck is like, Sixteen, seventeen hundred bucks the first year. Wow, it goes down with the depreciation of the truck. But yeah, I guess they usually have like an option to just take a payout to them. A lot of those too. Yeah. Did y'all play that? Uh, well, I don't know if they have it in Canada. What was it? The Mega Millions that was up to like a billion dollars the other day. One point four billion or something like yeah. that. Yeah, uh, some guy in New Jersey won it. Yeah, I bought five or five tickets. I told them to give me five tickets, and I was thinking it was going to be five dollars. I didn't know they were two bucks a piece, but I hit one number on one of them. So, I'm so that guy that guy won that full amount. He didn't split it or anything. No, only one winner. He won the wow. full amount, but he's got to pay taxes on it. So he's probably only going to walk away with a billion. Oh, so, I think I'll I still do. Yeah, I kept seeing these news articles that were like, it's not that good of a thing to win the lottery because of all the taxes. And I'm like, what the fuck? You still get 70% of it. You know, if yeah, that's if a, it's... I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. On a $2 ticket, shit. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, anything's good. It's extra money. It's money you didn't have yesterday. Yeah. But there's a lot of people who didn't win. Yeah. I know a bunch of people who have won good chunks, like 25 grand, 50 grand. And they're they were so dumb with it. It's gone. Yeah, it was gone in, within a month. You know, I oh, I got to, a truck and a bike and like all this shit. And I'm, I worked with a guy. Who, him and his wife won four hundred thousand, and we were just like, "Fuck, what are you doing showing up to work?" And he was like older guy, like pretty close to retirement anyway. And like, what are you doing, Dave? Why? Like he came back to work the next day, and he's like, you know, like you pay off your house, you give some to the kids, and like. It goes fast, and you're left with forty or fifty to put away for retirement or whatever it is. It's like that that amount of money is not that much anymore. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, the liquid cash, anyways. But if you pay off your house, like you don't have that debt hanging over you, so then you still got that money in equity, but that fluctuates, you know, with the market. Yeah, but that's my goal right now is to eliminate debt. I was looking into some bills the other day. And we've got, you know, the, the the normal bills that everyone else has. But we got two car payments. Both of them are like less than a year from being paid off. And then we've got the payment on my building, which is like six months from being paid off. And I'm looking at how much money like we spend out every month on those bills. Man, I'm getting pumped about 
getting them paid off. That way we can start saving. But watch, we're going to get the cars paid off, and both of them's going to blow up as soon as they're paid for. Yeah, that's when warranty <laughs> runs out. As soon as, yeah. <laughs> as soon as you pay them off. Yeah. That's good, though, man. Like you, People don't realize how much – like there's – loans are the best way to go bankrupt man like people think that it's free money but it's actually debt that you're incurring and yeah unless you're unless you're making more off of that loan then like i see people taking out business loans and it's like man you better be putting that into some equipment that's going to be making you more money or building or whatever it is that's making you more than that interest is costing you because it's those those flashy big numbers that people want to hand out to you look great at the time until you're still 10 years down the road paying off big portions of your paycheck into it every time. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Getting that. Cause then you're basically, well, whatever you're putting into those three payments, call it a thousand bucks or whatever it is. That's extra savings every month that you get to put into your bank account. Yeah. That, that's, it's pretty close. I don't think it's quite a thousand, but it's, it's pretty close. So that's going to be hell the way I'm looking at it. It's like even simpler. That's 250 bucks a week. You know what I mean? Just, it's going to be cool. I'm excited for it. Because then we can put that money into other things, like new equipment to make more money. Yeah, and lottery tickets. And lottery tickets, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I felt like an idiot when I, I don't think I've ever bought one of them lottery tickets before. I thought they were all just a dollar. And I went in there, I didn't even know what the name of the game was called. Like, what's that one that's a billion dollars tonight? Give me five dollars on that. See, that's usually when you win, you always hear that story of this guy didn't even know what he was buying. He just <laughs> That would have been cool. First time I ever walked into a store to buy a lottery ticket. Yeah, well, I mean, I've, I've bought the scratch-offs before, but uh, on them little pick-your-number things, I just let them do it. But we did win $2. We got the number 14 Mega Ball on one of our lines. Hey, there you go. So, did you have to pay tax on that? Yeah, came home with 31 cents. <laughs> that's not bad, though. Scratch-offs are a racket. We say here that the only winner is the state of Maine. Yeah, for sure. Did I see like people? The big, they go up to like $25. So you can have like, you, give me 100 bucks worth of $25 one, so you get four of them. Yeah. And they say you're supposed to at least break even like 25% of the time or whatever it is. But if you buy eight of them in a row, you'll lose all eight. There's something funky going on. Yeah. I know it's like it's like averages of a whole, like it doesn't mean that every fourth ticket you're going to, but still. Right. It means like if they print a million copies of that ticket, then a quarter of them are winners. But, you know, that whole quarter could be in a whole other part of the state. You could have a whole roll of duds. Yeah, those companies aren't going bankrupt. No. Sure. <laughs> No, for sure. It's like casinos seem to be doing really well, too. Yeah. yeah. The odds are in somebody's favor. Yeah. Are casinos like, legal where you guys live? Is what? Are casinos legal where y'all are at? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, we got casinos up here. I've never been to one. They're not legal here. Oh, really? You can't have yeah. any casinos? Mm-mm. No, it's in- it- Biloxi, Mississippi, which is probably, I don't know, eight hours, six or eight hours from me. They've got a lot there. And uh, obviously Vegas and certainly some other places. But they do have a place down in Savannah, Georgia, where it's uh, it's a casino boat. 
So you pay to get on the boat, and then they go offshore so far to where they're in, I guess, international waters. Right. <laughs> to where it's legal. But uh, I've never done that either. Sounds fun. Though. I wouldn't rush. I wouldn't rush into them, man. That's like some of the most <laughs> depressing buildings I've ever been in. Where casinos, mm. you just walk in there and it's just like, just see people who've been sitting in front of the same machine their whole lives, just smoke. Well, you used to be smoking and just pulling that lever and hitting that button and just watching their savings go away. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh man, yeah. no one's like, no one looks around. There's no one talking to anybody. It's just people sitting in front of machines and man you walk up to those tables too there's if not all casinos have those card tables depends on how big they're or whatever but some of the ones you walk up to card tables and you'll see like some dude there looking all good getting a massage from some chick throwing tons of money around and right next to him is some guy in like this loose fitting suit like just a just crying because he's like he's just losing his house literally just traded his wedding ring yeah, like yeah. just man, it's so depressing, and like that gambling addiction is an absolute sickness that people have, and they just cannot, they cannot not see the next card or whatever it is, like the next roll. It's just, yeah. oh, it's, it's so sad watching those people have to get out of those places, <laughs> and it's it weird. Was... Like there's, there's no windows in the place. There's no clocks. Like they, they make sure that you don't realize how much time has gone by. You hear stories about them like pumping extra oxygenated air into the place to keep people awake so they can keep gambling <laughs> damn yeah, yeah they do that gnarly. shit yeah gnarly the laws down here are state by state and each state like changes all the time so like growing up casinos weren't legal here and then a big casino company wanted to put one in bangor so they started fighting for it and pumping money into the political system to get it passed you know how laws are made right. and so this casino got passed and within a year or two, my best friend's mom had gambled away their house pretty much like oh. all their, all their fucking, like you started seeing a lot of people start gambling, like who weren't degenerate gamblers before, even though we had scratch tickets and whatnot, but there's something different about going to a casino and sitting down and the lights and like now they have table games there. Whereas at first it was just slots and, um, it started in this tiny little building, and they made so much money in the first year that they built this massive casino with its own parking garage. And yeah, and yeah. then sitting at slots, it's not like you put in coins anymore, where you have a bucket of coins, and you're like, "Okay, hey, as soon as these these coins are gone, you just you put uh, you basically just buy time, and it comes on a little paper slip, and so you have that amount of money on a paper slip, and then you put that slip into the machine." So it's not real money anymore. Like that's why, that's why credit cards and stuff work so well because it's not real money. If you had to pay cash for everything that you bought, you'd think a whole lot more about all that money that's leaving your hand physically versus just tapping a card, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so they, they've moved that into the casino thing now too, where you don't. It's not like real money. It's just a piece of paper with a number on it. So it's it's different psychologically, and people are a lot more apt to risk that to gamble with it. And lose it ultimately. Yeah, crazy. It's you guys. They say you guys probably haven't seen Ozark. I guess, eh? No, I heard it's a good show though. It's real good, but uh, the second half has to do with um, 
has to do with basically laundering money through a casino, but it's a riverboat casino, so same idea. You can't have there's only allowed to have so many casinos, but unless they're on the water, and so that comes up too. Like you were talking about the boat out in international waters. Yeah, rules rules are different when you step offshore. That's y'all seen that movie Vegas Vacation? Oh, of course. National Lampoon's. Oh yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the same thing. You know, he goes out there and he gives himself a little budget. He's only going to gamble this much, and by the end of it, they're broke. You know what I mean? But they did yeah. have four brand new cars to drive back home. Put a dollar and I got a car. Put a dollar and I got a car. <laughs> yeah. What was his name? Papa something. Papa. What did he call himself? The kid. Papa oh, Giorgio. It's been a long time. Yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, they were all excellent. All those vacation movies. Yeah. Well, guys, you know what time it is, right? Uh-oh, did I lose everybody? <laughs> I don't know. What time is it? Oh, man. It is the... I'm here. Okay, now we got you back. Something's wrong with this board today. Guys, if this episode don't come out good... Um, no. Oh, well. You're, you'll get over it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I muted, I muted myself. Okay, so I guess all that noise I'm hearing is coming from... You because when you muted, I lost all static, but that's okay. I got I got a fan going. Maybe that's what it is. And a and a vacuum chamber. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, fully prepared. You want, you want me to shut it off? No, you're good. Okay. All right, guys, we're gonna do the community spotlight. Wait, what is it called again? Patreon spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I am not prepared. All right, we're going to read off all of our Patreons like we always do, and then we're going to talk about one of them. So here they go. Donnie Dulovich, Knife Material AT, Aru Bladeworks, Brigham Kendall, Mark LeBlanc, Mark Vanderwerf, Bex Armory, Todd Harrington, Dennis Tyrell, Troxclair Custom Cutlery, Zachary Sowell, Maritime Knife Supply, proud sponsor of the Hustling Ground Podcast, Driver Defense Knives, Noah Bloomberg, Crafty Man Forge, Brian Henningkamp, Echo Blades, Eric Andrews, Bremner Built Knives, and Snake Branch Knives. So we still got 20, and we're going to do the random 1 through 20. You got some pretty good names in that list there. Yeah, yeah. If you want to add your name to that list, you can go to patreon.com, look for Hustling Grind Podcast, and you could be the star of the Patreon Spotlight. Presented by Maritime Knife Supply. Supply. Yeah. I don't think you guys were doing this last time. This is new. It's exciting. Yeah, we just started last week. Yeah, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Trox Claire Custom Cutlery. We're going to go over to Instagram and look him up and check him out and talk about what he's up to. Hold on. I want to play, too. How do you spell his name? T-R-O-X-C-L-A-I-R. Underscore custom underscore cutlery. Got it. He's got a nice Santuco. This is why I really like this segment because this guy's only got 378 followers. And as soon as I click this page, he doesn't post a lot, but it looks like good stuff. Do you say how much money he gave you? Uh... Does that dictate how long we look at his page? No, actually, I would have to go to a whole new screen to even see how much... I just pull them all up because everybody is equally important. 
Unless you want to like give books. us like a shit ton of money every month, then we'll definitely, you know, give you. I some really like minutes. his uh, his little maker's mark there. That little T thing. You see that? Yeah, yeah. It's nice and simple. I like that oh, he uses on his bright lane. colored pins. He's from New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans, Louisiana. Definitely yeah, right got some lime green pins with lime green liners. Don't tell, uh, don't tell Nick Tobin. <laughs> Dude, he's got a yeah. bad ass. He's calling it a bunker. I've never heard that word, but I don't know the terms like that. But it's a stainless steel sand mine. I wonder if he made that steel. It looks freaking awesome. Uh, he's got some pictures of him forging billets, so ready to anneal, cut, and restack. So, yeah, he's making his own. Nice Even more badass. Yeah, they look comfortable. He's got some nice copper bolsters going on. Really clean work. His lines are nice and clean. Yeah, for sure. Pins are nice and evenly spaced. No gaps. Like yeah, nice I see that, that bunker you were talking about with the green handle. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's from January 10th. But, man, that's beautiful. Samai with spicy white cord, dyed and stabilized black ash burl. Handle with a nickel spacer. Sold. Of course it's sold. It was <laughs> sold before yeah. it was finished. Oh, he was yeah. at Mardi Gras, too. That's pretty neat. Saw anthrax, drank some beer. Sounds like my kind of dude. There you go. Fancy. So go yeah. give him some love, everybody. Nice work, Brad. Using Trump's the housemaid mister system. Oh, Nick follows him already, too, eh? Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff, Brad. Yeah, very yeah, I like good. it. And thanks again to all of our Patreons, and especially big thank you to the sponsor of the segment, Maritime Knife Supply. You can get just about anything in the whole entire world that you need for knife making from Lawrence up there at Maritime. And uh, take advantage of that conversion rate, the Canadian to American dollar. Or if you're in Canada, that's good too. But uh, it'll save you a little bit of money doing it that way. And, and shout out to Brad for not being a terrible knife maker because that would have been a really difficult segment to get through. <laughs> right? We probably would have just focused on Mardi Gras or something. Yeah. yeah. But our Patreon list, I don't, I don't know if any of them are a bad knife maker because I follow all of them. Yeah, me too. They all put out very clean quality work or really good photography. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Pickle, too. He got his little knife rack that he designed up there being sold at Maritime Knife Supply. Yeah, I saw that. What a little entrepreneur that guy is. Yeah. Old Lawrence has got, man, he's just on the home screen. He's got tongs. He's got hammers. He's got Pickle's knife rack. Obviously, he's selling steel. He's got grinders, cactus juice, handle material, TR maker supplier, sharpening systems. I mean, he's got it all. So go and check. um, His customer service has been excellent as well. I must say, he's been good about like I. There was something that I was waiting on. I think it was like some sandpaper or something. I was looking around for it. He was out. Everybody was out for some reason. And then as soon as it was back in, he let me know that he had it and and I needed it right away. So I hooked him up, and it was that's some good customer service. He was proactive about it. Yeah, don't get that. His his shipping is light speed too. I mean, Lawrence is on top of his shit for sure. And if there isn't something that he carries, if you tell him that he should carry it, 
he'll look into it. And if it's profitable, he'll carry it. You know, I mean, he's got everything. I was a little bit sketched about his shipping costs, but then I found out like if there's a difference, he refunds you that extra if, if he charges you too much or something. Yeah, he goes by poundage too. So if it's like one to 10 pounds or 10 to 24 pounds or whatever it is, so you don't have to worry about like all these other places that we buy stuff from. If you add one sheet of G10, it ups your shipping by seven bucks. Where with Lawrence, you don't have to worry about that because it goes by weight. So until you hit that next weight bracket, your shipping stays the same. Yeah, I was. I think the first time I ordered some from him, it was just a couple little sheets of G10, like liner material, and the shipping was like twenty four bucks or something. And so I hit him up. I was like, "Hey, uh, why is your shipping so much?" And he was like, "Oh no, if, if it's if it's less, I refund the extra." And he definitely did. And I've noticed a couple other times that um, you get a little kickback when he ships it, which is nice. Yeah, he's a good good guy too. I got to meet him up at Blade Show and hung out with him for just a few minutes, and real good good dude, for sure. No, it's good to good to support good people. Yeah, yeah, we've been kind of joking about getting Lawrence as a sponsor on the podcast for a while, and really happy it finally came through. Everything worked out. So he's uh, getting out there too. He sponsors like yeah. four of us plus a couple makers themselves, right? You know what I mean? Like he's really, I don't, I don't know any podcasts that are sponsored by Pops or Jants or, you know, any of those other guys. Well, yeah, it's good when they're reaching back into the community. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, I, I only heard about Lawrence maybe a year ago at most, and he didn't have near the selection that he does now back then. I mean, he's he's crushing it. He's going up fast. I mean, and yeah, good, only, good for him. He only started too. recently too, right? It wouldn't have been much earlier than than that that you heard about him yeah i mean he's he's an actual knife maker too so yeah why not get into the supply game you know i asked him to come on the podcast and he gave me the best most lawrence answer ever i'll read you the message (laughs) he actually bought some steel off of me before he started supplying i had like stacks of uh, bandsaw blade 15 and 20 yeah so i was chopping it into a little little strips and uh, sell, I was used to sell boxes of it to guys who make Damascus because it's excellent for Damascus stuff. And so he actually bought like, I don't know, a couple hundred pieces or something off of me back before he started supplying. How big a bandsaw so, blades was it? Like the big six inch wide ones? Oh yeah. They're, they're 10 inches wide or something like oh, that. Wow. Plus, the, plus the teeth. And they're like 40, 50 feet long. Big long blades. Damn. So I said to Lawrence, you want to be a guest on an upcoming episode? He said, I'm a man of few words, but thanks for the offer. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Right to the point. Yeah. Yeah. No beating around the bush. I like that. I like that's better than like, oh, uh, I don't know. uh, uh, You know, like, let me get back to you in a week. And then, you know what I mean? And then a month down the road, it's like, no, I'm all set. He's like, no, I'm good. Right. Well, Ryan, you're killing it on booking these guests, man. You have got some some good people on here recently like mike jones and you know all the other ones we got coming up all the ones we've had on recently we've had some good good ones hopefully next week's doesn't fall through because that's a big one um i'm super excited for that one that's a fucking banger dude like that's gonna put us on a whole different type of radar if that comes through hopefully i think so i gotta message her tomorrow and see if she wants to still do it but i don't see why she wouldn't yeah so might as well you want as well. Half of it's luck, though. I just 
like Andrea De Leon, mm-hmm. I I had only had a half hour text conversation with her on Instagram one day, and then I randomly messaged her short notice and was like, "You want to record a podcast tomorrow?" Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, she cool. was cool. <laughs> she, she was super cool. Yeah, that was a great episode. I got a lot of good feedback on that episode. I did too. I was a little nervous about it because I'd never spoken to her before, you know, but it, it flowed very well. I can't wait to hear you guys talk to Chelsea Miller next week. Who's, who's Chelsea who's Miller? Didn't we go into this the last time, I think? No. I don't know who Chelsea Miller is. Oh. I don't think. Well, we shouldn't be spotlighting her, but you should look her up on your Instagram real quick. I'm doing it right now. Yeah, me too. I'm curious now. I got a feeling this is going to be a joke. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, you do. The Rasp Knives. That's Rasp, the ones. Rasp yeah. Knives. Yeah, no, it's not her. It's actually not a knife maker. Um. I don't want to jinx it, so I don't. I'll I'll send you a message. What a tease but, this is! Oh, it's such a tease. And if it falls through, we're gonna look like such fucking dorks next week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have a really good backup or something. Yeah, I'll come back. It's all good. Okay, cool. All right, I'm looking we'll at this person. I don't understand. I've never seen her before. See if you can find a find a, a price on one of those rasp knives on one of her. Okay, I think I know where this is going. I'm just going to go straight to her website here. Shit! (laughs) (laughs) You find it? Yeah, I found it. (laughs) Wow. What the fuck? Okay. I shouldn't keep calling her out and talking shit about her. <laughs> Dude. I do all the time. <laughs> that's some horse shit. I don't want to be a hater. If she can get it, God bless her. That's, yeah. But at the same time, the people who are paying that for a custom knife are, are thinking they get that and they try it. And that's, to them, a custom knife. So that speaks volumes about the rest of us to those people. That's also true. So next person, next time they're thinking, oh, maybe I'll buy a custom knife for somebody from this Ryan Shadburn fella. Oh, wait, last custom knife I got looked like this. Oh, how's that knife doing anyways? Yours is fucking awesome, dude. It's definitely a a staple go-to in our kitchen. And uh, I finally got the handle sorted. I don't know what it was about that hemp wood. You must have got a weird one that got got screwed up in uh in heat treat or not heat treat in um stabilizing or something because it was definitely that hemp wood stuff was sort of falling apart maybe it was but the finish i do i don't i don't know man like i i ended up doing like i i tried just kind of doing like a uh, a repolish real quick and then just like a tongue oil like i do with most of my handles and like a polish real quick still the same thing like it was swelling it was absorbing a lot of water and stuff um and then i just ended up doing a full um uh, super glue finish on it which isn't my favorite but um uh it worked for that stuff just fine and uh sealed it all right up and that was a couple of weeks ago and it's holding up just fine since so i've seen lots of guys using that hempwood stuff though and including you like you've used it a couple more times since then and a couple other guys and it's really cool looking i really like it yeah but um and i'm sure not all of them are doing that it must have just been that i just happened to get that that one off but um no it's been great and the rest of the night's been fantastic 
It's great. I've Everybody been, who comes in the kitchen grabs that one. They're like, oh, this is a great knife. Did you make this one? And I'm like, no, that's the one <laughs> on the rack. <laughs> but no, like the, it's like the only one. The only one uh, that's like on in our on our we got a magnet board. And it's the only one on the magnet board that's not like a prototype or some defect or something like that. My wife always gets the the throwaways. <laughs> so yeah, that's, mine too. That's the one decent one. Yeah, my kitchen's I, I, full of re- JK rejects. I only used that hemp wood one other time for as big of a piece, and it was a different block. And I don't know how often he uses it. That's just a guy cooking, chopping vegetables at his house. And then other than that, I used it as spacers, but I've got more of it, but I'm afraid to use it because of what you talked about, how it was like stringy. And like after a little bit, the handle started to frill almost. Yeah, Is that just, a good word for it? It was kind of like just like pieces of it because it's, it's like a compressed wood. Like it's almost like OSB sort of, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, yeah, it's hemp pieces all yeah all all pressed together uh and it just seemed like little bits of it were were coming out um yeah it was kind of it was weird to at first it would just be kind of like rough and you could tell that it was almost like the grain was rising like you know when certain woods after a while if you just have like a slab of something and that grain starts to rise you can feel it it was kind of doing that and then um yeah and then it just like pieces of it started popping out um but that that uh, CA glue finish on it worked really good. I just coated the sucker in it real good and then lightly sanded that down, gave it a buff, and she's good to go now. Yeah, it still sucks, though. I've been afraid to use it since. but It makes yeah, sense, I, though, because I'm sure there's all kinds of voids in there. You know what I mean? That the cactus juice won't penetrate or yeah, it won't like it's, stay it's when it hardens. Whatever glue they used probably like seals up sections of it or whatever, and then... Uh, cactus juice doesn't get through or something like that but like i say i've seen lots of other guys using it and they don't seem to be having problems that i've heard of anyway nice so how'd you get a knife to lex friedman uh, like oh. jason doesn't know who lex friedman is but i'm a big fan of lex friedman i like all like autistics that are like not actually autistic but they're like like serially obsessed yeah spectrum <laughs> serially <laughs> obsessed with things and yeah. uh, he's one of the top ones. He's a oh yeah, he's yeah. I bet he's a really interesting guy to hang around with. But um, that was just through uh, his good friend, um, who's uh, been on his podcast a bunch, and and you know it was a, a thing through Rogan, this Andrew Huberman, who's a. Uh, I'm probably I'll, I'll mess up what his profession is, but it has to do with like the biology of the brain and stuff like that. He's neurobiologist maybe at stanford i believe really really smart guy came up skateboarding though like with the original um like back in like the bones brigade kind of days or maybe just after them he's um so he's he's wicked and uh he wanted to get lex a knife because i guess lex is just like a serial bachelor and lives in like a serial bachelor sort of apartment and uh, so he wanted to get him, wanted to get him something that would maybe like inspire him to like cook himself some good food or something like that. But, <laughs> so he wanted to get, uh, yeah, he he got Lex that little cleaver thing that I make, that Serbian style cleaver, which I've had a lot of people like. I had this guy from Serbia tell me that he's lived in Serbia his whole life and he's never seen a knife that shape. 
So I don't know. Where <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Like that um, Almazan kitchen guy on YouTube, he made that style super popular. And since then, every knife maker who ever has basically copied it. Is that the guy <laughs> that cooks on a rock in the woods? Yeah, yeah, that's him. You never see his face or anything. But mm. yeah, cool channel though. He's always out in like the way, most wicked spot, taking water out of a creek and making cool food. And so he made that style of knife really popular. And I, I got asked up, like I tried to put off making it because I just know like those trendy sort of knives that one guy has a YouTube channel and makes it pop. I just know what those are like. like. The trackers. <clears throat> yeah, and so. You think it's almost like it's in the next spinner or something, but uh, no, they. I had a bunch of people asking to make them, so I made what I felt was going to be a good version of that, and it ended up being super popular. I make them thick. I make them at a three sixteenths, and then run the bevel up really high, so it's still got some heft behind it, so it feels like a cleaver, like it's choppy, but it's got a really tall bevel, so it's still a pretty fine edge, and people seem to like them. So Andrew wanted to get one of them for Lex, and it was really really cool to make one for him yeah he's a super cool guy and like when you li- like you listen to people like him or elon musk or like you can tell that their brains operate on a different level than our brains operate and a different rpm too Mm-hmm. for sure yeah it would be it would be weird to get a window into how that kind of how that process works with those guys because they just must be they must have like where normal people like us have this like one wavelength that we're on, where we're focused on talking or thinking about this one thing at a time, and we kind of crawl along on that sort of process. I bet they've got like seven, eight, nine other things going on on the back burner, you know, simmering away, coming yeah. up with ideas like, and they're almost in their subconscious that they probably don't even have to try. What's Lex's profession other than podcaster? He's in um, AI at MIT. So yeah, he's like play, he's plays with robotics and stuff and um, and artificial intelligence and figuring out problems in AI. Yeah, he's a computer scientist, artificial intelligence researcher at MIT. Yeah, he, he looks like a he looks like a hitman. He always dresses in that men in black outfit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's like his uniform. It's awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. Rogan, uh, him and Rogan were out drinking, and Lex was passed out in a seat at an airport or a bowling alley or something. And Rogan was taking a video, fucking with him. Like, they're yeah. He's they're he's also people. like black belt jujitsu and like incredibly successful, accomplished, and and not journalist. Super old. Yeah, he just got back from the Ukraine. He went to the war front to see what was going on. Just to, didn't he interview Putin like a year ago? I don't Something like that. He's he's uh, intelligently cagey about it. <laughs> Not KGB. He's intelligently cagey about the details on that. He keeps kind of throwing uh, teasers around. It seems about that, like it was supposed to happen, and then he was talking about doing it while he was over there. Probably not in person, I wouldn't imagine, but he was going to interview Putin in Russian, which is special because I guess that language has a lot of nuance where you get a lot more out of what somebody says than just the words, unlike in English where we generally just speak what we mean. They have a lot of different words for a certain thing, and so depending on which one you use, it 
relays a lot more information, I guess. So, yeah, I've heard that before. Um, a lot of Russians fight in the UFC, and like one of them, Habib Nurmagomedov, who is retired now, <laughs> he's like the best ever, right? He pretty much he's the goat, undefeated, just dominated everybody he ever fought. But he said in a post fight interview, and then stepped out because his his mother asked him to or something. Yeah, because his father died. So his goal was to get to thirty and zero, and he he got to twenty nine and zero. COVID killed his dad, and his mother asked him to stop fighting. He's a devout Muslim too, so they don't they don't take that as lightly as we do over here. Like if you tell mom that you're gonna stop fighting, you don't fucking fight ever again. Yeah, yeah. He uh, walked away insane. Yeah, walked away on on top in his prime and was like bye. But he said in a post fight interview one time that if he were able to speak in Russian, he could he he could express what he was feeling a lot better than having to say it in English. But when you're on the UFC and you know how to speak English, you got to speak English, you know? Okay. You don't have to, but I mean, most of their fan base is Western countries. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. It'd be interesting if Lex got to, um, got to have a chat with Putin, but he, he also interviewed the guy from, uh, Pfizer, the president of Pfizer, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, "Oh, this is going to be great! Like he's going to expose all this shit and everything." But it was like, the president of Pfizer is not going to say anything. Like, there's not going to be a gotcha moment. He's not going to be like, <laughs> yeah. "Oh yeah, you know, we're totally fucking everybody or whatever." It, it was just basically an opportunity for him to to promote his business more than anything. Like it was just like a. It was like, a, I mean, Lex asked, tried to ask him a bunch of questions, like hard stuff. He didn't go light on him, but he was fair with him. And, um, but I mean, yeah, like, I mean, what do you think the guy's going to say? He, <laughs> so. he tries to humanize him to us, to the listener. Right. Like he did yeah. the same thing with Mark Zuckerberg. Yes. Like he interviewed Zuckerberg and the first thing he did was slid one of them. Are you a robot with the nine blocks? Like click all the light, the stoplight things to him. Right. He said, Can yeah, you that point out good. all the stoplights? That you see on Facebook all the time. Yeah, that was so brilliant. <laughs> but he didn't really he didn't really hammer him hard about censorship or any of that stuff. He he more tried to humanize him to the listener, you know. But fuck Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> What's the name of this guy's podcast? Uh, it's Lex Friedman podcast or something, isn't yeah, it? I think so. I've never I've never even heard of him before. You should he has a lot of intellectual. Send him a bill for all the promotion you're doing for him right now. There you go. It's just because I'm a nerd and I'm a big fan of like him and Rogan and like uh, Jordan Peterson and like all these like philosophical intellectual thinkers. Not that a lot of people would call Rogan a philosopher, but in his own way, he is. Um, Peterson did a really good interview with you. I mean, you guys may not be as interested down there, but he interviewed. Uh, the front runner for the leadership race for the Conservative Party in Canada was uh, Pierre Polyev, and Peterson did a really good chat with him. It was like over an hour long, and I don't know how many politicians are volunteering to sit down for more than an hour and actually like lay out the details and nuances of some of the key issues that they're that they're dealing with in politics. So it was really good, especially with a guy like Jordan Peterson. Yeah, and Peterson was really good about it too. Like there was, you know, there were a couple of questions that he made sure he got answers to, kind of thing. You know, he wasn't lobbing softballs. He's 
pretty conservative himself, so it was definitely, you know, it played to everybody's strengths there. But it was, it was a good conversation mm-hmm. for for us up here in Canada. <laughs> for sure, we don't. People don't seem to be given a lot of conservative viewpoints these days. You know, how much do you guys see Canadian politics down there? Because I mean. Up here in Canada, and I mean all, all over the world, really, American politics is like it's like a sporting event. Like we get to watch all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, right? it's the shit it's, show. It's, it's been a little bit, you know, extra entertaining the last couple of uh, the last couple of presidents. But um, like we get, I mean, so much of our media is from the states, so we get to see so much of that, and it's it's huge. But I often wonder, like, how much of other other country's politics you guys see in return pretty much none none uh, none they're as, so focused on their own know, fuck Justin up. trudeau is ruling canada with an iron fist and and he's according to american mainstream media sources he's a great leader and not a dictator at all um but that's what we see right you know yeah, when yeah. that whole trucker rally thing was going on up in Canada, I think I heard about that. I heard about it from Pickle every day. You know, he was kind of talking to me about it. But on the national news, maybe twice at most. I mean, they oh, yeah. mentioned it for just half a second and just moved on, you know. But, uh, you know, there's other places on the interwebs where I was keeping up with it. But mainstream media, never. You guys had a bit of bit of one of those your own yourself down there too eh uh, they kind of sort of tried to organize something but it didn't really do anything didn't really get any they, traction they blow shit out of proportion on the news here to yeah. try and garner fear and votes out of whatever side of the political spectrum that they're aiming it at you know what i mean um, yes i do yeah and that's why none of us want to talk about politics anymore because it's like fucking shoved down our throats like we're you know one of them ducks that they stuff with the fucking feeding tube it's just like here everybody this person wants to take your rights away this person thinks that you're a racist this person hates babies this person loves babies like holy fuck guys (laughs) we just we just need to pump the fucking brakes here for a minute you know but well on a lighter note i got good news my ducks have learned how to be ducks. Speaking of ducks. Yeah. They found the pond the day before yesterday. And What do you force feed them? Just, just worms. Just plain old mealworms. But oh, yeah. uh, they happened to find the pond and get in it, and they have not come out of it in three days. They could have nice. spent their last six months, you know, just swimming around, being happy. But they just now found it. My ducks are officially ducks now. Congratulations! Yeah. We had a couple of a couple of wild ducks nesting in our pond, and uh, our I mean we walk our dogs down there every day, and they jump in the pond, swim around, and now that then when they caught wind, there was you know they figured out that the ducks were there. It got really a little hairy for a few days there because they they had had a bunch of ducklings who were swimming around the pond and couldn't fly yet. And so here it goes, our three dogs out swimming through this pond, chasing these ducks and the duck, the mother duck and all the ducklings behind her swimming away from the dogs, paddling after her, trying to catch the ducks. And oh, luckily I was able to call the dogs out of the pond and they came back and everything. And 
we didn't go down there for a few days until they finally were able to fly, but got a little bit sketchy for a minute there. Yeah. <laughs> Poor what kind of dogs. dogs are they? We got two uh, blue healers that have a little bit of livestock guardian in them. And then we got a golden retriever that's crossed with a catahoula. Yeah, so they all got prey drive. Yeah, they're all bird dogs. <laughs> yeah, my little uh, beagle, uh, German short-haired pointer, Georgia, she's got that too. She saw a chipmunk in the yard the other day, and I've got like a, a mound of rocks that I'm going to make into a wall and a fire pit and shit. And the chipmunks are eating the bird feed for like, I don't know, a half hour. We were out there. And then she finally noticed them. And as soon as she noticed them, it was like I nothing I said mattered. She was fucking catching them chipmunks. And, like, they ran in the rock pile. She was doing this weird thing. Like, she was shoving her nose in the rocks and going. <laughs> like, she was trying to inhale the chipmunks out of the rocks. But, <laughs> she, you know, she's just trying to get the scent of them because she's a nose dog. And, fuck it. I had to pick her up, carry her back in the house. And then, like, an hour later, she's winding to go out. I open the door. She runs straight for that rock pile. And it's been that ever since. It's incredible when they get that instinct in them to do something like that. Retriever, the golden retriever, he's all about catching stuff like that. But then his mouth is so gentle. He's he's brought animals over and let them go. Like a, he had a baby bird one time, and he had uh, recently he had like a mole or something that he caught. And he'll put it down, and the thing will run away because it's still alive. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Them soft palate dogs. Yeah, because I guess they were they were trained to like go and get birds that you shot out of the sky, but not rip them apart, right? Bring them back to you, right. nice and gentle. Yeah, yeah, because you want them unharmed. You don't want one that your dogs ripped the wing off and like bitten half the breast out of or paunched it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they were. Yeah. It's crazy how we've selectively breeded dogs to be so good at specific jobs. You know what I mean? Like those Belgian Malinese that they they the military guys call them fur missiles. They, they look like a small German shepherd, but it's the one the dogs the military uses, and they're just gnarly, gnarly. Oh, yeah. Jump 16 feet. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah anybody... that retriever of mine, though, he's a golden retriever and a catahoula, which are, birth ret- or, which are both retrieval dogs, and he won't chase a ball or anything. Like It seems like they... they canceled each other out or something in him <laughs> he has he has no fetch in him at all our border we have a border collie lab too carolyn she's the older dog and uh the border collie in her is really strong and she'll try and herd you like if you're walking through the yard she'll like bump you to try and get you to go where she wants you to go right and she has no rhyme or reason to it she I, she probably doesn't even know why she does it but she'll like our other dog too georgia she'll try and like herd her over into another part of the yard just out of instinct. And yeah, the really, two blue healers try to herd the, the retriever sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> they, really funny again, to watch. They, yeah, they don't know why or where they're going or anything. They just want them to go over here, go this way, go yeah. that way. Yeah, like the pointers, how, the, how they call them pointers because when they see something and they're locked on, their tail will point. Like right. my dog Georgia does that. She's never been trained to do that. You know, it's like it's just in them. Somehow yeah, we funny. we bred it into them, but yeah, dogs are a good time. Don't I love that dogs. Cats. <laughs> no, Jason likes cats. He doesn't like dogs. Yeah. Speaking of cats, I just got a, a text message here on my telephone from my lovely wife. Um, 
I decided I was going to drive her car up here to the studio today. And I just didn't feel it. My truck's hooked up to the trailer, all that stuff. So I drove her car. She just texted me saying that uh, she cleaned out the litter box, which is what she does, you know, every few days. She dumped all the old litter into the bag and into the trash can where it goes. And the new litter is in the trunk of her car. So <laughs> I'm hoping the cats don't shit all over the house before I get back with the clean litter. They shouldn't. Cats are pretty good. Dude, our cats, every time she cleans the litter box out, within one minute, they both got to take a fresh dump. It don't our matter if they too. just did or not. Like, as soon as that litter's clean, they got to go shit in it. Can't waste that fresh litter. You don't let it go we, we have two cat boxes, and they're both, like, side-by-side side in the basement, and it doesn't matter. Like, if I clean the litter box, two of the cats come down, shit in the litter box. It's usually the two younger ones, but... Yeah, I think that's a cat thing. Yeah, they're assholes. They're pretty cool, but, you know, when it comes to the litter boxes, they suck. Our youngest cat, Grace, the one, like, when uh, when I had the computer set up in the house, the one that was always crawling on me while I was doing the podcast, mm-hmm. listeners couldn't see it, but Jason could. Uh, I had a bag of bones sitting on the counter for the dogs that I had brought home, and I had left it open, and she was pulling them out and slinging them on the floor one at a time. And the dogs are standing there like, fuck, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> munching up all these bones. I'm like, what is that? I was in the other room. I'm like, what is that sound? I go out there and half the bag's been taken out. And she was feeding them to the dogs. I'm like, you fucking bitch. That's awesome. Yeah. We had Teaming a bowl up on of, me. Uh, we got birds. We got like a bunch of chickens and quails. And they're all laying eggs. And we had a bowl of like a dozen quail eggs on the counter. And one of the border or one of the blue healers. We just we let them in and stuff, and I was cleaning up some stuff, and then came in, and the bowl that had all the eggs was upside down on the floor, and he had knocked it on the ground, ate all twelve of these quail eggs. Mm. His coat looks great, though. <laughs> <laughs> My dogs, the dogs I have now, they're pretty trustworthy for the most part. Um, before I had the fence up, I'd have to take them out on a leash, and one night I had a pack of like. Here we get whoopie pies, and there's four mini whoopie pies in a pack. And I had them sitting on the dresser, and there was one left in it. And I took out my big dog, Carolyn. And when I came back, the fourth whoopie pie was gone. And Georgia was just sitting there all guilty looking. She likes so. What's a a whoopie pie? pie? It's like uh, two pieces of cake with a shortening base frosting in the middle. Oh, like a Joe Louie. Maybe. (laughs) Possibly. (laughs) Is it chocolate covered as well? A little thin layer of No, you can get like sometimes the cake's chocolate and the frosting's peanut butter or like they make them pumpkin or like there's all different ones. Oh, when I was a kid, we just had we had Joe Louis, which was like you're describing two like thin, basically cookies of cake with a little bit of frosting between them. And it was only chocolate with vanilla frosting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the standard chocolate with vanilla. But now they, you know, we had maple bacon ones at our uh, wedding and like. Yeah, it's what a it's a big thing here, alive, man. Right? Yeah, <laughs> the the one she got was chocolate and peanut butter, so didn't hurt her any. She didn't like have diarrhea or nothing, but um, hard to argue with that, though. Yeah, fucking dogs, man. She other than that, she's pretty trustworthy. But we did have a dog uh, probably five years ago now that passed away, and he would eat anything. Like we put up the Christmas tree, he'd walk past the Christmas tree and crunch the ornaments. <laughs> like i left i had a pair of glasses that had a camera in it like those camera glasses i left them sitting on the coffee table 
four minutes, I came back and they were in pieces all over the couch. I'm like, yeah. Oh man, I had he this. Was, he was notorious for it. I, I used to date this girl, and she was in somewhere across the country. And this dog that she had hated me. Like I was definitely like competition, right, for her. And he would just he would eat all of my expensive shit. He would chew up like my Oakley polarized sunglasses and my headphones <laughs> and like fuck my electric. So I had I had my shaving kit was in my was zipped up in my bag that bag was zipped up and i jammed it under a chair and then sure enough we went out and he came back and he's pulled the bag out unzipped it pulled the shaving kit out unzipped that chewed up my electric razor and and he comes trotting out of the bedroom with my toothbrush in his mouth. Oh damn. Like he had like i just caught him brushing his teeth like it was <laughs> <laughs> He's just looking at us like, oh, hey, guys, what's up? With my toothbrush hanging out of his mouth. And it's like, you motherfucker. Yeah. And he chewed my computer, my laptop charger. They're 100 bucks for one of those stupid things. Like, everything expensive that I own, this fucking dog chewed up. It's not for like, a new girlfriend. Guy. Totally <laughs> was fucked this guy, yeah. <laughs> I had a buddy, uh, one of my old coworkers, his roommate had a dog that would swallow socks. Like, that was its thing. It liked swallowing socks, so, like... Every like so hole. often, yeah. So like every oh. so often, it would get bunged up, and then you'd have to give it laxatives, and then you'd have to put a glove on and pull the sock out. When oh it was no! Oh my shit. god! He <laughs> had to do it like four or five times when she lived with him. Because when it happens, like his roommate might be at work. You know what are you gonna do? You're not gonna let. You gotta do it. So Ugh. oops. Dogs are That's weird like that. that. Yeah. That's why we put the cat boxes in the basement because we had to call we called them the snack bar for a while because fucking yeah. dogs you catch the dogs with their head in the fucking litter box and the litter box is clean. Like, gross, dude. Dude, that's gross. nasty. Don't let them lick you that day. Our cat yeah. swallowed a whole bird. Because I was I, or our, our dog, I was trying to. They caught a bird under a tree or something like that, and I was trying to get it out of them, and then she was like. She wouldn't come quite close enough to me, you know, like I was calling her and everything. And you could tell, like, she, her brain wanted her to come to me, but she didn't want to because she knew she'd lose the bird. And so she was staying, like, just out of reach. And then, sure enough, she just swallowed that thing whole. And uh, I don't know, I guess dealt with it because we never, she didn't puke it up or anything. So, feathers and everything. Damn. We had a cat. He was, uh, he was, you know, that, like, audio track that people are putting on reels of the guy going he's my number one man my good time boy you know like i had this cat and he was my partner in crime like he moved with me a bunch of times i had him forever his name was mr meester and uh one day he puked up a whole bat wings and all oh like i hear him in the kitchen retching i'm like all right buddy you know petting his back i'm like yeah 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 thinking like a mouthful of a hairball or cat food's gonna come out nope whole bat Wow. That's pretty awesome, yeah. though. And that's like the one thing I'm afraid of. <laughs> I don't like the I don't like the ocean, and I don't like bats. Really? He, you don't like yeah, bats? he. I fucking hate them. You know, like that scene in Ace Ventura where he's describing a bat to the guy. <laughs> yeah. That's how that's how I feel. You know, They're, you ever seen a bat? They're hideous. <laughs> like, yeah, so that's cute, how I feel. Though. I made I made the wife come and clean it up. I'm like, this one's all you. I'll do the next ten. I don't give a shit, but not the bat. I I learned one time that they 
cats will just sit there in the evening and breathe, and the um, carbon dioxide from their breath attracts bugs, like like mosquitoes and stuff. And then the bats are attracted to the bugs to try and eat them. And so the bats will fly right at the cats, and the cats will just sit there and wait until the bat flies gotcha. at them. Jump <laughs> yeah. and grab them, man. That makes sense. We Smart had a cat bugs. growing up that killed a crow one time. Whoa. Yeah, he was a gnarly cat. He jumped off a two-story roof and broke his leg, and oh. he, was a, he was a brutal cat. All black, like black, black. Looked like a panther. His name was Tucker. And fucking oh. one day I came home from school, and Tucker's got a dead crow on the porch looking all proud of himself. I'm like, <laughs> holy shit, Tuck, Tuck. Yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah. He lived to be 13, something like that. He was an old man. Good yeah. for him. Came home one time, and he was like, messing with his mouth and so we opened his mouth up and somehow he had split his tongue down the middle like he licked something that was sharp and fucking cut his tongue down the middle mm. yeah. holy shit yeah he was a gnarly cat he's one of them cats you see that are like missing pieces of his ear and shit from fighting and like i had one of those too growing up he was he chunks out of his ear one of his eyes was pushed in a little bit and uh yeah he was a bruiser from from the bush he had a, a bump on his forearm and eventually we went, and one of the times we were at the uh, the vet with him, we were like, oh, by the way, like, what do you think this is? And the vet's, like, looking at it or whatever and playing with it, and he goes, oh, you know what that is? I bet that's a pellet. Somebody probably shot at him. It went under his skin and just stayed there, and he just packed Tuffed it around it for the rest of his life. He ended up yeah. in he, – he died when he was 19. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Some cats live my, – uh, my grandmother had a cat named Leopold. And he lived to be 22. Big old fat orange tabby. 22. Yeah. He was a big boy. Yeah, That's yeah. crazy. Ours was, ours was orange as well. Yeah. He was a good dude. Yep. So was Mr. Meester. Big old fat orange tabby. My brother called him the thud because when he wanted you to pet him, he'd just take his forehead and smash it into you. <laughs> uh, uh, like that was his sign. Like pet me. That's yeah. kind of what my golden retriever does too. <laughs> Tucker was a cool cat. His favorite thing to do was shred newspaper, but not like viciously. Like he was careful with it. He'd hold it down with his paws and like rip strips of it off. Like he enjoyed the tearing. Oh, wow. So you'd hear him in the kitchen fucking. In the middle of the night? All the time. Yeah. 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 All right, guys. Y'all ready to wrap this thing up here? We've been going almost an hour and a half. Time flies when you're having fun, huh? I think yeah. we talked about a knife for about five minutes. Right. <laughs> that's, that's usually how it goes. Yeah. I will real quick. I want to give a shout out to Maximus knives, Mr. Neil over there. I got on the phone with him last week and he gave me a few pointers on straightening out some segmented scales and the shit worked. So shout out to him. Well, Thanks for the tip. He'll be on soon. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. When's, he's just coming on, right? A couple weeks. Not, not next week, but the week after. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was having problems with segmented scales cupping. Like they wouldn't sit flat book match. You know, there's a gap in the middle. And pretty much I just clamped the dog shit out of them and heated them up with a heat gun and let them cool in the clamp. What kind of material was it? It was stabilized wood and G10 spacers and liners. I mean, nothing crazy. Hmm. But, I mean, it, it really didn't make much sense in my head how it was going to work, but I'll be damned it did. Right on. So, cool. Thanks, Neil. What a- what a community, right on. Yeah. And uh, don't forget to shout out 
Phoenix Abrasives, your one-stop shop for all your abrasive needs. Use the promo code HUSTLE10 at checkout for 10% off your whole order. That's right. Thank you, they Phoenix Abrasives. Yeah, they have stellar customer service also. Yeah, crazy fast shipping, too. So I had that belt explode on me. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah, how's your head? Oh, yeah. It's good. It's healing up. A little scab on there. but So I'm grinding on an EDC, put a brand-new VSM Red Ferrari on the grinder. I get one side of the bevel roughed in. I'm about two-thirds of the way through the other side. I pull the blade off and look at it. And all of a sudden, the belt explodes and turns into what Brian House refers to as a slapping machine. So one, it split the belt clean down the center, like clean, like I measured it. It's exactly center. One half of the belt blew into pieces, and then the other half was doing that slapping action. It took my hat off, and then a piece of the belt came back around and hit me on the top of the head and laid me open. And yeah. It was a whole lot of fun. It's a whole but, lot of blood. Yeah, whole lot of blood. <laughs> I ble- head wounds bleed really bad. I didn't know how bad it was. It hurt. And I see all this blood, so I'm, like, scrambling for my phone. I'm calling the wife. She's not answering. She's right in the house. She always makes jokes that I'm going to hurt myself and bleed to death out here and that she's not going to know it. And the one time I do hurt myself and I'm bleeding, I'm trying to call her, and she's not fucking answering. So I call my son, and he answers, and I'm like, get your mom. I'm bleeding. And he's like, okay, and hangs up. She comes out. It wasn't as bad as it felt like it was, but. Well, yeah, like that photo of the floor was insane. Yeah. Yeah. Splatter everywhere. It hit me and I went, oh, and then blood started coming out. And I was like, oh, shit, that's a lot of blood. So I ripped my respirator off. I took my glasses off. I got down on my hands and knees on the floor because I didn't want it to get all over me. You know what I mean? So I'll just let it drip out on the floor. Who cares about the floor? So that's why in the picture I was down on my knees. Um, and I didn't know if I was, like, split wide open. I didn't know how bad it was. Um, it was a pretty good scab. It took a little chunk out. Like, I think the belt hit me, like a broken piece of it hit me or something and just kind of cut me open a little bit. But it was a lot of blood. But the point of it, the point of how we got on this whole thing, that shit happens. You know, belts explode. Phoenix Abrasive reached out to me and was like, I didn't message them or anything. And he was like, is that one of mine? And I was like, yep. And he was like, cool, I'll send you send you some shit oh, and nice. a beer. Cool. I owe you a beer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I don't drink, but I appreciate the gesture. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool of them to, like, he actually reached out to me. I didn't even, I, you know, I mean, that shit happens. I've destroyed so many belts. You don't think, like, oh, I'm going to get my money back. You know, it's like sometimes that stuff just happens. You know, yeah. I had the grinder running on full blast. It's three horsepower with a seven-inch wheel. So that fucker was cooking. Yeah. You know, well, she was full blast. And Damn. that shit happens. I got smacked in the head with one one time and I was just kind of like, whoa, like it sort of stunned me. It was like half surprise, but half like I just got smacked in the head. <laughs> <laughs> I always wear um, like a welding cap, basically, just yeah. mostly to protect my head from sparks and stuff. But um, that probably saved me pretty good because, but I like, I'd say 80% of the time I get a bit of a warning. Like there's like a thump, thump, thump or something like in the mm-hmm. belt right before. And now it's like instinct. I'm just like, I jump out of the way. Like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I've been hit, like hit in the chest through a hoodie and it left welts before and stuff. Yeah. There was no warning. Just boom. Nothing. Just bang. Nothing. Oh. No. Cause I've heard that too. You know, you get a rip in the belt and it starts to thump. 
thump, yeah. thump, 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 thump. Okay, I gotta shut the grinder off, get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. Didn't make a sound until it was in pieces. Boom! I don't know if the if the tape let go or I don't know what happened. It was so fast. It happened so fast. Like it's weird. Like sometimes it's at the seam, sometimes it's not. Sometimes like yours split down the middle. What makes that happen? It's so so weird but man those things are under a bunch of stress and like you say you're grinding bevels they're hot they get heating up really good mm-hmm. especially if you're on like a flat platen and it's just maybe just steel like that thing gets super hot i don't know if you ever tried touching your platen after grinding a bunch of steel on yeah. it yeah my wheels it. get hot too my platen <laughs> wheels yeah not like crazy hot you can grab them with your hand but they're warm um i use a glass platen yeah. which helps dissipate heat but not completely but I've gotten belts way hotter than this belt was. I mean, this thing was brand new. This mm. I was wearing this hat, and this still like abrasive stuck in the fabric. <laughs> like there's like a red strip on the hat. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, yeah, be careful the, out there, everybody. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're under an incredible amount of stress. Those things. It's a it's a wonder that more of them don't explode like that. But there used to be guys used to have platens that they would actually run water through to cool them. Whatever mm. happened to that? Didn't that uh, kind of like faded away? There's a place that there's a guy that makes them, but he's not. You don't really see him on the socials that much. I'll have to look it up. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but it's like a you hook up like a pump to a cold water bucket, and it cycles yeah. the water through the platen, and the platen's aluminum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all machined out inside, and, and mm. it's like liquid cooled. That seemed like a great idea to me. I've been thinking about looking into Brian House's misting system. Uh, yeah, I've got like half a misting system that I never really ended up setting up. I think it'd be really beneficial for me because I grind hardened. So yeah, yeah, probably a nicer finish too. I bet just like hand sanding with a little bit of moisture or something is yeah. a better finish. Yeah, for sure. Let me know. I'd be interested too. I will because they're not that expensive. I think they're like seventy-five bucks, something like that. Is it, you, you have to like have a compressor hose run to them too, and to do you? Whole, Think. I don't at know. At least the one yeah. that I got, it's like that's why I gave up on it. It was like a super cheap little, little head, like on an on an articulating arm or whatever that you can adjust, and then you run a hose into a bucket and stuff. But then I think that it's run off of compressed air, yeah. Instead of like a little, instead of a little pump or something like that. Yeah, I'd like yeah, a just, little one twenty pump more than having my compressor going. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. That's why I kind of lost steam on it and shelved it for a bit. I don't know how brines are run. I'll have to look into it. Report back. I was, yep. I was on the WFI last week. That was fun. Yeah. It was different because, like, the way we record, we can see each other. And on theirs, you can't see each other. So, like, we can see if one of us is, like, getting excited and wants to say something. But over there, it's like a guessing game. You know what I mean? They have a function where you can raise your hand if you have something to say. <laughs> but I'm no, over here super shaking fun. my hand in the air. <laughs> yeah. It was good. It was a good time. What's the WFI? I haven't heard of that before. Work for it. The Work for It podcast. Oh, that's okay. that's yeah, Brian House's podcast. Right. Of course. Yeah. yeah, I have heard of that. Yeah. They, what do they say? It's our sister podcast, Jason. They used to say that, but I'm sure they still mean it. Yeah. They just had me on. <laughs> yeah, I was on a while back, but Brian House wasn't even there, so I get a redo. Brian, if you're listening. <laughs> One of these days when you're on it, I want to come back. But uh, all right, so Mike, you're in with us next week again too. If our if our big time guest bails, right? 
If your good guest bails out, then call me up. <laughs> well, not the no, good guest, but yeah. Yeah, hopefully that'll go through. If not, you're definitely coming back on at some point because now we're at the end of the show and I've got all these things in my head, but we're just out of time. <laughs> all these things you were meant to ask. Yeah. Yeah, Ryan sent me the name of the person that's supposed to be on and I'm super excited. I hope that works out for you guys. That'll be freaking I hope, cool. I hope we're not jinxing it right now. Yeah, well, I think we did good not mentioning the name. So, really, even if that person does bail, we can just pretend like the next person is who we were excited about, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait. <laughs> Psych, it's Mike Jones again. Right? <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening and hanging out with us, and we'll be back again next week. Till then, keep thanks, on guys. hustling and keep on grinding. Bye. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs>